Edmonton, uh, it looks like in 2023 will easily break their 2021 record for the number of people who died from opioids in, uh, in the capital. Okay. Uh, in 2023, we had 49 in November alone. So the 2023 total without December is 608. Uh, the final numbers will be presented next month. We'll get a final read. Uh, the 2023 it's by all likelihood, the expectation is it'll be well past the record 626 deaths that we saw in 2021. So 2023 on track to be the worst year ever in Edmonton and not just Edmonton. The province uh, has surpassed its 2021 record of 1,634 opioid related deaths uh, in 2023. It's now 1,706 so far. So far. And like I say, there's still more numbers to come. In November of 23, Alberta had 138 opioid related deaths added to its count. So uh, the 2021 record number of deaths in Alberta from opioids was 1,634. 2023, the the not finalized numbers are already at 1,706. Okay, so we'll definitely break the record. Think back to other crises of public health that we've faced over the years, over the course of your lifetime. Think about AIDS, okay? Remember AIDS? Remember how big of a deal HIV and AIDS was and how the entire globe rallied around it to try and come up with a solution? And you know what? They did. It worked. Thanks, Dr. Fauci. Um, take a look at the numbers, okay? 1,706 so far in 2023. We still need to get the December numbers. Do you know what the most, like the peak when we had the most deaths from AIDS in Canada? It was 1995. Do you know what the number was? It was 1,764. That's in Canada, we will have that many deaths from opioids in Alberta in 2023. We don't talk about it. We don't handle it. We don't deal with it the way we did with AIDS. AIDS was everywhere. It's all anybody talked about. There were massive concerts. There were relief efforts. You name it, right? Um, there's not the same sense of urgency. And people continue to die. So... I don't know. Let's get uh, let's get another perspective on this because, like I say, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by this. We're going to speak with Ewan Thompson now. He leads each and every, which is a national coalition of businesses trying to come up with inclusive communities ready to respond to the drug poisoning crisis. He's been working on this a long time. Ewan, uh, thanks so much for coming back. Appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Shay, uh, and thanks for laying out the numbers like that so clearly. Um, my condolences to, to anybody yeah. out there, you know, in Alberta who's suffering uh, from the loss of a, of a family member or friend. Uh, as you as you described there, we're, you know, we're looking at 2,000 communities of people in this province this year alone who are now mourning losses and, and grieving and doing what they can to get through this. So uh, if you're listening, uh, we're, we're with you. It's tragic. It's tragic. And adding to the tragedy, compounding it, if you will, is the fact that it's deja vu all over again. Every time new numbers come out, they're worse than the numbers that came out before. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as you said, um, we're already breaking the record from 2021 without even having the year completely reported on yet. Uh, Alberta will have over 2,000 total drug poisoning deaths this year for the very first time uh, if if the trend persists, which it seems uh, yeah. by all indications it will. Um, okay, so now, of course, we've got all kinds of different levels of government trying to come up with solutions. This week in Edmonton, City Council tried to come up with some solutions. They heard from uh, Canadian Mental Health, and, and they brought an interesting approach that I don't know I've heard that much of, because we talk about harm reduction, we talk about recovery, all good, all good. Um, but they said, you got to do a better job of incorporating lived experience. And we don't, I don't know, are we doing a good enough job of that, Ewan, because there are people that have survived, you know, out on those streets with the opioids. Uh, they, they've, 
do we lean on that expertise, that experience enough to say, hey, hey, how did you how did you get to the other side? I think it's far worse than that, Shay. I think it's far worse than exclusion. I think we tend to criminalize people who use drugs as activists. Uh, this is ongoing right now in BC as the Drug User Liberation Front's Compassion Club is being criminalized. These people are facing court uh, right now of charges and potential jail time for trying to save their community through non-prescribed safe supply means. Uh, this was a highly successful program that published its research and showed that they were reducing overdoses. They had no deaths of people in their Compassion Club model, uh, which is fully consistent with the data that we know about safe supply. Uh, right now, you know, we're tr totally taking aim at the wrong target of, of trying to solve addiction, of which there is no indication that there is an increase since 2011. Uh, yet we've increased deaths 20-fold since then. Um, so we're totally taking aim at addiction when we should be focused first and foremost on the toxicity of the unregulated drug supply. Drug user activists understand this. They've been screaming about it for a decade. And we not only continue to ignore them, we continue to criminalize them. I agree with you that we need to have, uh, my thinking is they all need to be there. They all, we need to have harm reduction. We need to have safe supply. We need to have treatment. We need to have recovery. The full spectrum needs to be treated equally. Now, we know that doesn't happen for political reasons. But let me push back a little bit, Ewan, because people will immediately say, well, take a look at BC. So I did. They had 2,500 deaths in 2023. Now their population's bigger. So relatively speaking, you'd have to crunch the numbers, but clearly nobody in BC where they are more, you know, willing, it's not a hundred percent, but in terms of safe supply and harm reduction, they're farther down that road than we are in Alberta. It hasn't, it hasn't solved the problem either. So how do you respond to that? Yes, it's a great question that comes up really frequently. Uh, when we look at the people accessing safe supply in BC, it makes up less than 5% of the people diagnosed with opioid use disorder addiction. So uh, there's 225 thousand people almost in D.C. who are not accessing these, and these are the folks who are most at risk of dying. So uh, we can't just look at whether or not B.C. has checked the box of saying, yeah, we're going to do right. a safe supply. Are they actually implementing it at a population level that will have an impact on the overall deaths across the province? And the answer is a very clear no. They have not gone anywhere near touching that uh, population-wide problem. And Alberta is even worse. We, we've completely denied safe supply. Yeah. We don't offer it here, and, and we continue to do that. So uh, we need to scale these programs up because they're the only thing that are showing very, very clear evidence of, of reducing the deaths back to the levels that we were seeing in 2011 uh, when, when we were in Alberta seeing less than 100 deaths from opioids a year. Okay, I wanted to ask you. Has anybody sort of come up with the solution? Can we point to a jurisdiction and say, hey, do what they're doing because their numbers are actually going in the other direction? In in Canada, no. I mean, the general direction for all provinces is upwards. Uh, there are provinces in the East Coast that, uh, you know, have, have less of a problem, and people tend to attribute that to uh, greater control of the of uh, and stability of the drug market, the illegal drug market. Um, by by organized crime, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, so, you know, I think out here we have a lot more volatility. Uh, we have less access to, safe, to, to, you know, prescribed options for people, generally speaking. Um, and, and we have a, a lot more um, volatility in the way that uh, legal drugs are traded around. So um, there's, there's lots of reasons. It's a very complex problem. It but is. Really, nobody in Canada uh, has, has solved it to any extent. 
if they were, I mean, and this is the other thing that bugs me, because we talk about this, you know, a lot of people talk about this as though, I don't know what to do. I don't, well, when, when you're talking about issues like this, we always, you know, default to, we need evidence-based treatment because evidence exists. Like, it's not like we're trying to solve something that is unsolvable. We know what works, right? We, we, we have evidence that can show us this will actually help, but we just don't do it. What, what should we be doing? Yeah, unfortunately, evidence only goes so far when you're coming up against very deeply entrenched industrial and profit-seeking interests that, that we have in Alberta around addiction treatment in particular. Um, and the Alberta government has really thrown their lot in with, with these sorts of players yeah. um, of private addiction treatment providers. So uh, we have a privatized model that's only growing year by year in Alberta. Uh, that needs to be addressed, and it needs to be thrown into deep skepticism when, when, they're, th- when they're trying to present uh, these moral panics around safe supply, for example. I mean, the evidence, as you said, is very, very clear that safe supply is saving lives now. Uh, we, we cannot continue denying that in Alberta. And so anybody that, that does continue to use their platform to spread these moral panics needs to be held in, in deep question about what their motives really are. Um, I think, you know, when we look at uh, things like the Alberta government sending a letter to the federal government asking for tracer molecules in in safe supply, I mean, these are just absolutely deflection tactics meant to divert attention away from the record-breaking death rate that's happening under their watch. Um, Not to mention it's impossible to do. You can't do it. It's silly. It's ludicrous, and it and it and it deserves no airtime, really. Uh, But but it is a very strong deflection tactic because. Um, you know, they can generate, they continue to generate this moral panic about safe supply and pretend that safe supply is somehow driving this crisis. It is not. There is zero evidence whatsoever that safe supply programs are driving the drug poisoning crisis in any way. Um, the evidence shows exactly the opposite, that it is uh, one way that we can find the off, the off ramp from this crisis. And, uh, I, you know, while it is a complex issue, it can be made a lot simpler if people have access to regulated versions of the drugs they're using. Yeah, and we've heard that so many times. Ewan, thanks so, ba- uh, so much for coming back and uh, sharing the message once again. We'll see if it was heard this time. Thank you, sir.